Hey, pals. You wouldn't happen to have a couple of spare FBI guys laying around, would you? I uh, seem to have misplaced mine, and I really need a pair for this thing I've got going on later tonight. If not, that's fine, but it would really help me if you did. Neil, what sort of mischief have you gotten up to with a couple of roguish FBI guys? <laughs> uh, just a bit of Trivial Pursuit um, and uh, some, uh, some over shots of kombucha. A couple of pints. Mm. You can't shoot a pint, though, can you? Yeah, you can. You could do, you could <laughs> if you do it right. <laughs> yeah. I've done that. <laughs> well, it's more downing than shooting, though, isn't it? It's different. I think it's a different thing. It's just a long, slow shot. Right, okay. That involves a lot of burping afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially with kombucha. All that, all that active thing. Well, okay, yeah. well, you can't, you can't shoot a shot. but I mean, you can't shoot a pint, but you can't shotgun a beer, so. It's true. John, same mm. question. <laughs> what about what about the FBI guys? Yeah, you know, me and these, <laughs> me and these two FBI guys were, were doing this project blue book thing up in Washington a uh-huh. few years back, and it was got a little spooky. Got a little spooky. There was some UFO stuff. There was spooky. some right. some the characters thing, coming right? out of the woods, and uh, were you staring, one were you of the guys. The goats? Uh, no, no, uh, more white horses. On oh, a, interesting. On an oddly designed linoleum floor. But <laughs> then one of the guys killed his own wife and kind of took off, and it just got to be a little bit much. So, um, so yeah, I, I went to work at the local hotel and, uh, and uh, would deliver warm milk to anyone who needed to get some sleep that uh, nice. particular night. Uh, you could figure out probably who nice. I am from that. Uh, those of you. <laughs> who is <am> I? <laughs> Those no of you who have ever seen the show Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal, same question. No, never mind. This is a family show. <laughs> From her undercover days. You don't want to get into the details. Yeah. No, I, I, don't, I don't even want to talk about it. I tried to repress those memories. Well, I mean, you signed, a, you signed an agreement. You cannot talk about it for a while. Ugh, it's terrible. I have another 15 years left on that contract, and then I can talk about it with you guys. <laughs> All right, so come back. There's also, an, honor, there's also an exclusivity clause and a bunch of stuff in it. Yeah, so. Johnson & Johnson and I had a pretty great time. Like, that's as much as I But um ching <laughs> Well, uh, I'll tell you who's not having a great time is uh, our buddy John McClain. Uh, he's really getting tough on this minute. He's living uh, on the edge. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's about to go over the edge. Uh, in this minute, 118, George, what's going on? We open this minute with a scene that stresses me out every time I watch this movie and close a minute later with John wasting a perfectly good hide-and-go-seek spot on a burning building partly full of dead terrorists. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you, I, I think I know the answer to this question. The, the, the thing that stresses you out most about this, is it is it the kind of the table thing that's in between him and the window that's kind of frustrating his efforts to let go of the, the, the pipe. The oh, it's pipe. everything. It's, it's the, it's, it's the real pulling him down. It's him getting closer and closer. It's him pushing against it and trying to untie it. It's like, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's the whole thing coming back to his feet being torn up and him like pushing with mm. his feet. And I'm like, Oh, that's gotta hurt. Oh, oh. It's, it's, there's so many like sensory inputs that stress me out about this scene. 
Especially because if you've ever had the tiniest little baby piece of glass stuck yes. in any part oh. of your body, you're like, "Oh, that hurts!" And you can't find it, and it's just, <laughs> oh yeah. I just John worst. just poked his head in from the kitchen and was like, pointed to the mm. bottom of his foot, and he had a piece <laughs> of glass stuck to his foot once, and I had to try to get the glass out. And he was lying, and we had just started dating, and he was lying on the ground of his bathroom, and I had his foot on my lap on the toilet. And I have a very high pain threshold, and he doesn't have one at all. And (laughs) I'm trying to get this piece of glass out, and he is screaming and crying, and he has the shower curtain in his throat. I mean, in his mouth, and he's tearing at it like a dog while he's screaming and crying. And I was like... I wish a video of this. I know. I wish I... I didn't think any human could act like that ever. So, if I had known, I couldn't stop laughing. I'm trying to get it out with this needle, and it's literally the tiniest, and he had to go to the foot doctor, because I wasn't allowed to touch it anymore after that. (laughs) You did not have a PhD in foot doctory. No. Oh, and he went when he was in the... So, I after, after he went to the foot doctor, I had to go to the same foot doctor... Uh, first, I don't even remember what it was for, but uh, I told the woman that John uh, was my husband, and she was like, oh, I remember him. He was the one that kept yelling, I'm a bird, when I was trying to take the piece of glass out of his foot. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> so huh? when he got the glass taken out, she didn't numb his foot or anything, but he was mm. like, I'm a bird, I'm a bird, I'm a bird, I'm a dinosaur, ha ha! He just kept yelling all of these crazy things <laughs> as you having an out-of-body experience? <laughs> yes. What? Fantastic. Wow. He was reliving past lives because yeah. it hurt so much. So John McClane <laughs> is a badass and my husband is not. <laughs> I do want to talk about the very first moment of this minute really quick. Mm-hmm. As the fire hose reel whooshes downward uh, in the mm. background. This has got to be, I'm not a cinematographer or anything. I'm not a focus puller. This has got to be the, one of the hardest focus pulls in the history of movies. Yeah, it's real fast. Like if you mm, watch it real closely, fast. It's, okay, so the action is really fast. Obviously, there's really a thing falling behind in the background mm-hmm. that's falling at whatever speed something that weight falls. The camera is following it, so it's going the speed of that thing. Mm-hmm. It is in focus. I went through this painstakingly and captured some screen caps to show that right as the reel passes through the frame and out of view, yes. the lights of the city in the background are yeah, in sharp you can see them focus. Very well. So, and then they pull focus to McLean's face in this perfectly pristine shot, and yeah. I, I just—it's so impressive. It's and such I couldn't a good find, shot. You know, Jan de Bont was the cinematographer. Uh, went mm. on to be the director of Speed, Speed and Twister and so on. A wonderful, wonderful oh, yeah, cinematographer. Great. who, One of the standard bearers for the 80s look, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I could not find who his focus puller that's was. That's one of those jobs you know, like that no one ever knows about because it's just like, you know, some you know oh. some guy he's probably known forever. And he's just like, like, oh, this is Charlie. You know, what does he do? Like, he just gets the job done. And he's like exceedingly well, some, sometimes competent. Sometimes, though, and, it's – yeah. Sometimes it is somebody, like on Alien, we talked about Adrian Biddle a lot, who was the focus puller. And because if you watch Alien, the focus 
it's constantly shifting all the way through that movie. And he was so spot on, and he ended up being the cinematographer for Aliens. So he actually ended up having this huge career, started as a focus puller for, um, he worked with Ridley Scott and, and, and that and crew um, throughout the 70s and 80s, or uh, early 80s, but went on to have a whole career based on being a focus puller first. I was really hoping to find the, the guy who did this, you know, but I could never find the credit. But I just wanted to throw out there, you know, big shout out to mm. Jan de Bont and crew for getting this shot because it happens in like point three oh, yeah. seconds. It's super fast. They get this perfect fo- focus pull. It's just beautiful. So the the focus puller, like, why why doesn't the cinematographer do that himself? It's why an absolute. It it's a guy? separate job altogether. You've got so you got the camera operator. You got the cinematographer who sets up everything, and the focus puller is sitting there on next to the camera. They take like a they have like a little dial on there. They write where the initial focus is, where they want it to be, and then they have to adjust it really fast or slow depending on the, the shot. So there's an it's an independent job all to itself. It is like they have their own measuring tapes, markers. You know, they have their own. They show up on set. They, they are like have their own separate thing. It's a completely different job. Well, is it too much? Oh yeah, I mean, if you're focusing on, well? if you, no pun intended, if you're focusing on. The, the camera operation and the lighting and then the composition of the shot and everything else, you do not have time to also mm. be focusing on pull it, like adjusting the focus. Cool. Yeah, that's a very yeah, different yeah, thing. Fair that's why you see like five people clustered around a camera sometimes when they're shooting these things, especially the big, yeah. big cameras. Like the, the, the steady cams, you know, they're a little bit more independent. But, you know, the big stuff, they've got like multiple people running them because you need that many people to get the job done right. And they yep. got it right. Yeah. Boy, did they. All right. So, yeah, I, I, the, the, the frustration for me in this scene is the fact that there is this piece of wood or it's a table or something in between McLean and the window, and, and it's getting pulled down with him. Mm-hmm. And it's just stopping him from just being able to kind of just quite easily undo this uh this this fire hose and i i think it's, a, it's just a really interesting choice that they've put that in there and uh you know because what it's you don't you don't necessarily need to have that there but someone chose someone thought right well let's just put this thing here and that and that's going to make it really difficult for him just to kind of get out of this uh well, I think yeah it, it's a good choice i think that they needed an additional something to drag him because to be honest i don't think i believe that the fire hose reel is enough. Like, I, mm. I think he could deal with that. I think it would it's hurt, maybe, enough. and it might pull him for a second, but he could fight against that. Mm. Like, maybe maybe not, but in my mind, he can. And that's one of those things you have to be careful with audiences. Like, audiences don't have all the facts, but they have their yeah. instincts, right? So they're watching this movie, and they're thinking, hey, I don't know if that thing is really pulling him down. I don't know if I buy this. But if you put this visual thing that's massive, like, right in front mm. of him, that is enough. Like that thing is, you know, got a little pull to it, mm. and is creating, like you said, more complications. And that it's making it harder for him to untie the hose and just making the clock tick a little bit yeah. faster while he's trying to get out of this. And and for someone that's pretty lucky, like lucky that he had the hose there, lucky that it didn't, you know, flip over right away when he got down there. He's also very unlucky, where, of course, when he. Sh- broke through the window, he was going to land on something that was going to try to take him down again. Once he, every mm. second he thinks he's safe, something else happens that mm. makes him unsafe. 
And I know that's a, like a, a movie thing and you want to make it as suspenseful as possible. But if the, you're looking at him as a person, he's a very lucky person that gets very unlucky more than 80% yeah. of the time. Yeah, he's got uh, ebbs and flows of luck, that's for sure. Yeah. They happen to work out uh, basically at the at the end just right for, for him. He could have had one more bad luck move and he would have lost. You know, yeah. but, you know. There is one continuity thing in this minute that I don't, that's not that big of a deal, but when he's first struggling with the uh, the hose um, and the thing falling out the window, the hose is to the left of the board. And then it switches and in the back shot. as it's getting it's pulled down, yeah. right to the middle. Right. So if it was to the left, it wouldn't have been as awful because you could just kind of roll to the left and didn't have yeah. a piece of whatever that is. Japanese door. Well, no, you were questioning like the, the reason the why they did that. And you have to keep in mind that sometimes in movies... Like like Lejean was saying, like the audience's like perception is like, is that going to work? Is it, like it very well might have been enough to pull him out with just the reel, like just because of leverage and all that sort of thing. But it just didn't look as visually arresting as it could have, or maybe the audience wouldn't. But like that wouldn't work. So you have to up the tension. It's almost like, like not in a, in a cinematic way, like in, in Jurassic Park, where they like made the dinosaurs more aggressive because it was better for the show. Even though that's not how dinosaurs actually were. It's like, yeah, well, we did that right. because it looks cooler. And because it is, it does heighten the suspense a little bit more. So they had to put something else in his way to sort of like, you know, ratchet up the tension a little bit more. Yeah. Good choice. Just, make, just making sure that there's not a question in the audience's mind here. You don't want them to stop now and go, what? What's going on? How is he pulling? <laughs> you just want to make sure it's there, even if it's kind of ridiculous. I honestly, I mean, where does this thing come from? It's a, like a cubicle Wall, I don't know. Right? It looks like a big piece of wood, like yeah. a big plank yeah, or like a, like a partition. It's, so it's like got, a Japanese a partition doesn't it have like is... carpet over it or something. It looks like it's like those cubicles that had like that real thin carpet. Or it could be a piece of flooring or something that was like on the yeah. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter. All that doesn't matter because you see, I, I've always kind of gone like, oh, what is that? But all I really care about is how much does that weigh? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and, yep. and you just want to make sure the audience isn't going like, wait a minute here quite mm. like you need them to believe he's being pulled down so take pull all punches even if it's a little weird have something happening that they know for sure in their mind works um physically and and you know i mean as we go on in these minutes there's going to be physical issues like uh, issues of physics to be you know to put it that way um but also those things aren't you're not asking the same of the audience in those scenes, but we'll get to those. I love this scene because when he finally does get the, with the hose loose and it falls and it takes the table or whatever with him, that look of holy, just like that, that like he just had that great moment of like, like I almost died again. He's just having like taking, taking stock of what's been going on. Like he just has that like little, like two second beat of like, did that just how it almost happened? He's like, I've survived all this yeah. other stuff, and I just almost got pulled out of a window. He just got a great look on his face. So is he, well, is he more amazed? Uh, I guess you could interpret it in many different ways. Is he more amazed that, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that just happened that I almost got pulled out the window? Or is he like, oh, my God, I'm alive? A little bit of both. Like, like yeah, two it's seconds just, I think ago, it's there two was sides no the same way. point. He just, he, like, yeah. I just thought yeah. I'd, I'd just survived an explosion on the roof, and now this happened. And then he does that sort of, like, look to the side as if he's saying, what is going on with me? You know, it's like, like this is not how I started my day. <laughs> Where's really, my luck? 
You know what? This has really gone too <laughs> like, far. Like this, this is too much. Like, like this is this Can is a I bit catch much a break? now. Come on. He can. He catches a break every time he has bad luck. Just enough bad luck. Because he yeah, has exactly. good luck then. Just appreciate what you're having, John. Appreciate it. Yeah, and then we get um, another little quick shot of the roof and, and another explosion up there. And um, then we cut to inside. We get the stairwell. We get a very quick shot of some people running down the stairwell. So we, I think that's just letting us know that... Uh, People are running now to safety, and well, the, uh, and then we. Mm. They're, they're, it's telling us that they survived yeah. too, right? Yes, like, yes. Because we haven't seen they, them since the bomb, the bomb went off, so we got to say, okay, hostage is okay for one second. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Just a, yeah, just a quick let you know, um, and then we're back to Hans, and Hans is uh, he's trying his best to get these these bearer bonds out, and uh, we get a little, little shot of Holly. And then we're back in the lobby, and what I love about this this shot in the lobby, um, you really kind of get a feel for the place. You, all this water's coming down. He's, he's John's in there in the fountain, um, and it's just, it's a great atmosphere. It's one of your it's one it's another one of your nice wide shots, John. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get it. It's yeah. And now that everyone's out of there, it's got a, it's got a little different feel to it now. This place than yeah. it did before. Have any of you been to the house on the rock in Wisconsin? Falling water. Are you talking about the um, the? Um, how am I blinking? Frank Lloyd Wright. The, the crazy guy. Yeah. It's a Frank Lloyd Wright. Yeah, yeah. No, I've never. I've seen a movie about the house. I've never. Uh, this shot been there. from inside of the like when he's in the little pond thing and looking out through the waterfalls and everything, mm. it reminds me so much of House on the Rock. It's insane. Oh, wait, so it's not Frank Lloyd Wright. It's a different guy, but he designed the house on the rock after seeing Frank Lloyd Wright do it, and he's like, I could do that too. Um, and he just kept adding on to it. I've never done hmm. LSD, but when my friends and I left that place, we all looked at hmm. each other, and we were like, I feel um, like I just did LSD because he was wow. a crazy collector. He has like... A whole room of just different instruments, an entire room of carousel horses. He has the largest carousel in, I think, the world that has no horses on it. It's just all fantastical hmm. creatures. Oh, wow. It's insane. But his main house was all of these little rooms with couches and outcroppings and waterfalls. And like all, all of it was very short, too. So John had to duck through <laughs> a lot of stuff to get around <laughs> if you're ever in wisconsin go to the house on the rock because i mean it's first insane. of all who it's would so go to wisconsin fun. but also okay that's what i thought <laughs> and then i went there for a wedding and i was like this place is cool shout out to rob lumley oh, was, uh we don't really hate you it's fine madison's no. a great town uh, there's some beautiful stuff in wisconsin yeah i was I surprised like i was go. like this is a good state too bad there ain't <laughs> nothing except there. for the house on the rock not even rob Should... lumley he's not even there <laughs> Just Madison and Milwaukee. Milwaukee's kind of a nice city too. I don't know. I kind of like Wisconsin. It's a, it's yes. a Milwaukee. I'm Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> I can't remember the rest of the line. I just remember how he pronounced it. <laughs> Milwaukee. Alice Cooper's greatest. Pretty much, yeah. Role as himself. I did want to make sure we don't uh, go past the the hostages going down the steps and that one mm. extra taking a big piece of plaster to the noggin. 
Uh, it always makes me laugh every time I watch this movie. But they're going down those stairs and they're like oh. throwing some debris around, and one oh. guy just takes a big piece of plaster <laughs> right to the head. Uh, I like, never oh, noticed that's that. Awesome. Oh yeah, just bonks it right on. Like the old the guy, just yeah, just bonks right on top of his head. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They hey, listen. They signed that's their. Mar- that's die They signed hearts. their uh, agreements. Yeah. yeah. That's like the stormtrooper hitting the head on the door moment. Oh, man. Yeah. Or it was like we talked about it um, ages ago. We were on uh, Harry Potter Minute. Uh, but there's one scene where Rupert Grant actually gets hit in the face with a piece of debris. And, like, it cuts him. And you can see it cut him on camera. Oh and, like, the... Uh-huh. Oh, when they're playing yeah, wizards. at the end of that. Yes. Like, he's literally bleeding yes. at the end of the scene from this uh, thing. And they're like, keep it. Roll. We're good. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Like well, uh, Citizen Kane or um, Django. Oh, yeah, when he actually cuts his hand. He cut his hand, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. So uh, this is where I was, again, hinted at this yesterday, I think, uh, where stretching movie time starts to really, Mm. they take a lot of liberties here with stretching movie time, right? I think it's an odd, the more I watch it, I think it's an odd editorial choice for them to have McLean survive the window situation, show the explosion, then cut to the hostages, then cut to Hans, mm. then cut to the helicopter exploding. It's like, wait, yeah. that took a really long time. I'm forced to imagine that somehow they all kind of survived the explosion initially, and they were burning in a fiery hell in that helicopter <laughs> while the uh, pilot instinctively <laughs> still tried to keep the helicopter aloft for a little while. Because yeah. otherwise, how come it takes so long for this helicopter to come down and start exploding? It's it's yeah. way, too well, long, way too long. We time-stamped it in the last minute, and that was 27 seconds into the last minute. Now we've got the helicopter coming down in 37 seconds into this minute, so you've got a good 110 seconds of something going on. Sorry, you got a minute, you got... 70 so seconds just over a minute of something going on up there where the helicopter is doing something like you say john but yeah. now it's definitely coming well i mean it's going down. in slow motion it's it's uh it's yeah in yeah slow the helicopter's in slow motion everything else is. is in real time yeah exactly well, here's the thing though all that would work fine except for uh, i i forgot to mention that they also cut to mclean getting into the to the lobby area now, if we see the that's hostages right. and we see Hans, we can believe that that's happening in the same time that the helicopter is coming down because we hadn't seen them. But we have we have John making a geographical relocation. That means he mm-hmm. had, that creates actual time that passed between. So that means that the slow motion doesn't matter. The stretching movie time kind of doesn't matter. They're actually telling us in real time this helicopter took this long to. Well, well here's an, here, here's see the what thing. I mean. Had they waited to show John, then we could use the movie time excuse. And but you don't notice that he has a portal gun on him. See, oh, I yeah, I'm more it? worried about yeah. the space okay. time because when we last saw the helicopter, it was coming up on the far side of the building to take aim at John. He jumps off that side, the building blows, but then the helicopter falls on the same side he's on when it explodes in order to blow the secondary explosion in when he jumps into the water. Exactly. Therefore, we'll use this as a logic problem. Therefore, they must have been actually still flying after the explosion. Like they must have been, like Just struggling. burning, to, burning yeah. to death in that <laughs> helicopter, but still trying to keep the helicopter aloft for as long as they can, flying in that direction 
for a little while. Yeah. That all makes it believable. And it also gives them a much worse I mean, yeah, because they do yeah. slowly yeah. burn. Yeah. Like, at least everybody else burns alive <laughs> as the helicopter starts to fall slowly off the side of the building. Yeah. That also means that the guy driving the helicopter wanted to bring the helicopter as close as he could to the other cops. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he like, was like, if I'm taking you all out with me. If I'm going like, down, you're going down. <laughs> this was supposed to be my day off. You could have been at a barbecue. <laughs> But now I, I am like at a barbecue. Now I am a barbecue. Now I am the barbecue. <laughs> and that's it. We're good. So, anyway, this has like always this bothered me. This is always, since the first time I ever watched this movie, I'm like, what? How is that helicopter still Honestly, like, I, I, like it's one of those things sense. where, like, yes, like, when you break it down. But at the same time, it's like, it's a movie. And I love that. I love the fact that, that there's, there's still a way for it to... All these weird continuity transitional things, like, you know, just the height of the drama. At the end of the day, it doesn't detract my enjoyment of it. It's just, it's like, okay, if you start to put the pieces mm-hmm. and, like, put them on, a, like, with the red string and, you know, Pepe Silva and all that stuff, it doesn't make sense, but it still looks good. Yeah, yeah. But they, it, they, they do all of this because they want one more thing for McLean to have to deal with, and that is obviously the, the, the helicopters coming down. And it decides to then blow up right by the window where he is at the lobby. So, I mean, they, they could have just not done that, right? I mean, you don't really need to put him through one more thing. They could well, have just had him now go up and meet Hans right from here. I mean, they have another thing happen in the next minute. They comp- mm. they, they compound mul- multiple, like, secondary and, and there's a third explosion. That we're going to get in the next minute. So really, they right. they had that moment. They could have just saved that moment, which we'll get to. <laughs> they just the had a really minute, big blow up budget, and they wanted to make sure they got their all their <laughs> yeah. bang for their buck. Mm. Well, that it mm-hmm. was the eighties. Everything should explode. Hey, I'm trying hey. to do that. They paid for that in jelly beans. It's been, easy. it's been very easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a shot. So just after the the the, the lovely shot of the helicopter coming down. It cuts back to the lobby, and you get you get John McClane, although it's definitely not Bruce Willis. Oh yeah, you you see him from the back. He looks like a Baldwin right from the, the side shot. He looks like a Baldwin. Yeah, and it's weird because this time he does turn around, and you do see oh, a so focused cool. shot of the side. Of and his also, like when he's crawling through the the water, he his gun stance is so weird. He's got it like his his is so far out behind him. That's not how you would walk. I don't care. Like that, that is an okay. Do it up for the camera. You're a stunt man, not an actor type thing. That's not a like a legitimate character mm. choice. That's just I'm gonna walk like a weirdo. This guy, this guy is not even in the same shape as Bruce Willis. He's carrying a few extra pounds. This I mean, guy. he's he's kind of beefy. He's like he's in shape. He's muscular, but he's just got a different body type than he, Bruce Willis. Yeah, he seems a little taller to me. A little straighter. Mm. I don't know. He's a little more his, uh, more svelte, dogish. Yeah. He looks so like why? he likes uh, chowder. Chowder? Yeah. <laughs> chowder? Yeah. Like he looks like someone that would like to eat chowder at a seafood festival. With the red or the white? The white. The white. You gotta, oh. What? You're not. Are you a Come monster? On, Neil. Neil. Manhattan chowder? <laughs> God. I don't know. It's too creamy for me. Oh. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> why? Neil. Why are they, Neil why are they using things? Always oh, come up with some yeah, pineapple in that. You'll be good to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm, Why great. are they not using Bruce Willis in this shot? 
there's not really I think it's all the, the explosions show. it's probably some oh. sort of like indemnity yeah, yeah. thing it's like yeah there's there, you're too close to all the blowing mm-hmm. up you have to like put somebody who's not your star in there guess is a flash yeah yeah, yeah and no, there's, there's a ledge above him too like if something happened and that fell down yeah. it, remember we're so. we're on the heels still for what five years out of the twilight zone oh yeah so they're probably still being really uh, cautious about like helicopter stuff specifically super <laughs> yeah super cautious about pyrotechnics because um, that what was happened? Uh, the Vic Morrow Twilight yeah, Zone you, thing Vic Morrow uh, you know actor father of Jennifer Jason Lee and two of very underage children uh, were taken out by well pyrotechnics took out a helicopter that then the helicopter took yeah. out them so they killed Vic Morrow and like two kids I think Yikes. it was two kids yeah. Two children, a boy Damn. and a girl that were supposed to be like Vietnamese mm-hmm. children. He was rescuing in a Vietnam scene. Um, and yeah, it's don't watch the video of it. I saw it on the news when I was a child. Um, it is very graphic and you Yikes. don't want to see it. And, and it's a sad tragedy that caused a lot of problems for um, for John Landis and Steven Everybody, Spielberg yeah. and Hollywood in general. There was a, it was a pall wow. over the whole city. Uh-huh. So that became, I mean, a lot of things changed as far as how they approach stunt work and, and uh, obviously child labor things. They were completely in violation of child labor laws when they had those kids on the set. And Jesus. So, anyway, but, you know, they're still thinking about pyrotechnics and Bruce Willis probably doesn't want to be near him either. I mean, he's mm. probably like, no, send the send sun guy. Like, I'll go drink Bartles and James over here. Seagram's. Oh, not Bartles and James. Would that, you wouldn't do that. But, uh, anyway. Unless he's under contract. Yeah. Well, Seagram's. Was it? I thought it was Bartles and James. Oh, yeah. No, Seagram's. It was his competition. Seagram's cold, Golden oh, yeah. Wine I know. Oh, I've seen those commercials. Yeah, it's hilarious. They're wet. <laughs> they're wet and they're dry. That was the uh, slogan that made no sense to me <laughs> as a child. So let me ask you guys this. So um, this helicopter that comes down here and blows up. How do they do these ones? This is a little model. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's a pretty good model. But yeah. It's I, good. It's a good job. I bl- so they have I to agree. do. They have to do like a, a, a small size model of the building, and then they have to do a small size model of the helicopter, but then they have to get the explosion right, in terms of the shape and size of that as well, right? Yeah. It could be tricky could be so cool i mean it would be they it's pretty serious oh, yeah it looks great like whoever like, built yeah. that model yes. the building is like on point yeah i, mean, I so like when miniatures look just a little bit off when you're mm-hmm. like all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i'll tell you if somebody came up and, and said you guys don't know what you're talking about they actually blew up a helicopter there and and showed me evidence mm. i would be like yeah okay yeah, I yeah, believe that too. If you told me, I'm just saying there's no way. But if if it turned out that it was some amazing fact about Die Hard that we didn't know, I would. And you know, what I like about that cool. scene, I, I think, what sells it. it is that the helicopter, mm. even though it's a miniature and the building looks like a miniature, the helicopter still feels like it has a weight to it. Like it's not just like a plastic toy going over mm-hmm, the side yeah. of the building. It it has like this like yeah. like heft to it. I don't know if they weighted it down or what, but it looks like something. If I could imagine what it would feel like for a flaming helicopter to fall off the side of a building, this is what it would seem like to me. This is where we need um, um, my alien minute. Oh, regular uh, Eric Moore. Eric yeah, he Moore. knows all about the miniatures. If Eric Moore, I bet he, I bet he somehow knows every detail about how this was done. Oh man, um, <laughs> we might have to reach out when the episode's Call him. There. We might have to reach out. <laughs> Wait, is he's that in, the phone? He's in bed. He's in England. He's in bed right now. What's that? BFF. Uh, yeah, oh. what a legend Eric is. 
Um, uh, the only other thing I guess ha- that happens in this minute, George, is one of your favourite lines in the yep. movie. Guess we're gonna get. You need. Uh, I can't remember it now. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> messed it up. <laughs> we're going to get some more FBI guys. <laughs> guys more I guess. FBI guys, I guess. It's, yeah, it's just the way he's just like, oh, and then the so funny. and then like the look of everybody's face of like, what the heck just happened? Yeah, it's 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 one of the funniest lines in the movie. Yeah, and it's so perfectly timed. I mean, we mm. just had all this ramping up of action and tension and all of this stuff, and we needed this here. I think I think it's a yeah. great yeah. moment to to let the air out just for a minute before we head into the third act. And um, I love that he's serious. Yeah. No, he's earnest. He's yeah. He's, he's got the like. He was so he's deadpan. He's totally admiring deadpan of the FBI it. guys. He's like when they got there, he's like, "Oh, FBI guys, hey, I'm gonna kiss your ass yeah. now." And he's like, <laughs> you need so a he's, breath in mint? his mind, he's like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> so his mind immediately goes to, "Oh, we're gonna get some more FBI guys now." <laughs> like, let's go. Uh, I love these guys. Maybe, uh, maybe I can be their friend. But yeah, that's uh, it's funny. <laughs> it's such a great delivery. Yeah, and um, with that, I guess that takes us into the next one. So, um, listeners, come back tomorrow for Thursday's episode where we will talk about minute one one nine, the minute exactly after this happening one. right after this. Yep, after this <laughs> the one. next minute. <laughs> the next consecutive minute. We will not be skipping this is one. This a wild card minute. And um, die hard minute. Go to diehardminute.com and just find out everything that you need to know about this podcast there. Um, And so, John, I will ask you today, Crystal, I will ask you tomorrow. um, Do you want to, is there anything you want to plug, John? I know you've kind of, you're you're wrapped on Alien and Aliens Minute. Um, You've got ABC Devo. Do you want to tell the guys a bit about that? Sure, yeah. We, so we... Completed Alien Minute, Aliens Minute. Those are still available out there on iTunes. If you've never listened to them, you can start at Minute One of Alien and ride the ride mm. all the way. Um, also, yeah, with uh, I got ABC Devo with Pete the Retailer from Star Wars Minute, Tom Taylor from Indiana Jones Minute, and our friend Joe Mazel. That's where we mm-hmm. break down every song by Devo in alphabetical order. And I mm. also have a uh, little offshoot from Alien Minute on our Patreon page. It's uh, the Off Kilter Compositions podcast. It's basically just a general movie podcast where every every couple of weeks or so we'll come up with a any old topic on movies that we want to talk about and um, talk about them. And that's at patreon.com forward slash off kilter pod. And it is just $1 per episode if you want to check that out over there. Fantastic. Excellent. And, uh, and then come back tomorrow, listeners, uh, for more of the same. And we're going to need some new podcast hosts. Yep. We're dead. <laughs> we, we, we blow down. Tell me you got that. I got it. I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5. <laughs>